Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, everyone. It gives me great pleasure today to introduce to you Her Grace Madhumati Devidasi. She is the wife of Shesha Prabhu, who spoke last week. Um, and uh, she was, she's the daughter of an Indian diplomat. And she says she was raised in four different countries, okay. four different continents. Um, still, and then she, while she was uh, pursuing an engineering degree in um, Ireland, she came in contact with the Krishna consciousness movement while she was looking for meaning to life. And that's how she came then to America, which is her place of birth, and uh, joined Srila Prabhupada's movement and has been engaged in that service, uh, in serving in the ISKCON since then. She has been married since 1982, that's 38 years, <laughs> more than some of you are alive. So that's an amazing feat. They have two lovely daughters, one of whom lives here in Houston. And she is engaged, um, she has done many services, the, but the two prominent ones are that she served as a mentor and then she's also an educator. And you'll see in the class that she really is like a teacher and she has very interactive classes. I came to know of her when we were doing um, a retreat in um, Brindavan at the foothill of Govardhan. And uh, she was very kind to, in, um, to invite me whenever we had the group discussions to, the, to, uh, to be part of the, of the group. And then also she invited me then to some pilgrimage places we went to. Probably she saw I was very confused and she was very kind to me. So it's a great pleasure to have her here. And um, we'll um, welcome Mataji by saying Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, um, Guru Bhakti Mataji. And thank you to all the Houston devotees. It's um, Seeing your face, Guru Bhakti Mataji, I, I feel like I'm in Houston and with all the devotees there. So, um, yeah, certainly I'm missing being there. We were planning to be there this month, but anyway, this is how it goes. Um, thank you again for giving me the opportunity to um, say something about Bhakti Chur Maharaj. Actually, when Sarva Bhama Prabhu asked me to speak something on Maharaj, I was thinking, um, you know, I... I I never had much association with Maharaj and uh, uh, I never did any service with him. And, you know, what am I going to say about Maharaj? Um, so I was kind of like feeling a little, uh, <clears throat> uh, I was feeling very incompetent. What would what, what I say? But then actually I thought about um, our um, um, scriptures. We have like Chaitanya uh, Charitamrita. Chaitanya um, Bhagva, Bhakti Ratnakar, these scriptures were written, their authors actually, um, as far as I know, they didn't really have much, if any, association with uh, Lord Chaitanya and his associates. So when I thought about that, I, I realized that I felt a little confident thinking that all I have to do is repeat. Whatever I've heard, I just repeat. It's not, not necessarily means that I have to have personal association. Uh, although I had a little bit here and there, but, uh, but yes, I felt a little confident about saying something, repeating something today. Actually, there are three ways that we can gain knowledge, and that is uh, through Shabda, which is through hearing, and Anuman, which is through inference, and another through uh, Pratyaksha, which means direct uh, perception. 
So these are three ways, and I'll be kind of I'll mention covering all these three ways of uh, glorifying Maharaj. Uh, but before I uh, say something about that, I wanted to um, express why, what is so special about glorifying a devotee? Uh, what, what is, we always hear that glorification is good, it purifies one's heart. Sometimes the word purification almost has a connotation of, um, could be a negative connotation where it's like, you know, Prabhu, you need some purification, you know, uh, you did something wrong and, you know, now your heart needs to be cleansed, you know. But purification, it doesn't have to be that way. Purification can be very sweet, actually. Cleansing your heart can be very sweet. And so I wanted to say what, what it is, what is that sweet exchange uh, when we glorify a devotee? What really happens when you glorify somebody, and especially a devotee like uh, Bhakti Chula Maharaj, or anybody for that matter? What's, what's happening? And in order to tell you what's happening, I like to read something from Devamrita Maharaj's um, book, he has written a book called Bhakti Bhava. And in that book, uh, he describes what happens when we glorify. And glorify may mean you're speaking, you're hearing, or you are uh, reading about uh, a great Vaishnav. It could be any one of them, um, or reading his writings, or whatever that may be. So glorification includes all of that. So this is what Maharaj writes, and I found it very, very enlightening, enlightening, inspiring as I read this part. Um, you this is Maharaj, Devamrita Maharaj, again, another great soul. You, you um, read his books, uh, some of them that he has published. Um, but anyway, so I read this portion. He says, you hear from Prabhupada's books, you hear from advanced devotees, and then from within your heart arises a desire Quote, I want to be like that, unquote. Krishna is watching for that sprout. Spiritually, it's not a small thing. That flower bud of bhakti desire has immense ramifications. Often the excitement begins in this way. You see a happy devotee, and then from within your heart appears an aspiration. Oh, I wish I could be like that. Your spiritual heart sighs. Yes, every devotee experiences this periodically, I know. But, but Mahat says one thing, but your mistake is thinking, is thinking it is a small thing. No, that subtle shift within the heart is actually a monumental event. Krishna is in your heart just watching and waiting for that magic moment when your heart longs, oh, I wish I could feel like that. Oh, I wish I could be like that. Sensing the subtle fragrance of that flower bud of a spiritual desire, then Krishna starts to work. Favorable association, company that stirs your heart with sublime aspiration. That is Sadhu Sangha. So dear devotees, we can see that this is what happens. 
I know for the last two weeks, it's been two weeks now, Maharaj, it's been two weeks tomorrow that Maharaj has left. And although um, we've been in Maharaj's consciousness much more than before that, as we heard that he went to the hospital. But, and so we have been, all of us have been hearing about Maharaj and, and there's just not enough of it. We want to hear more. And even if we hear the same thing, we want to hear it again. We want to hear it again and again. So this is what's happening. As far as I see when I'm reading Devamita Maharaj's, what he's saying is that we, that Krishna is working within our heart. And, and as we are uh, feeling happy and feeling wanting to hear, Krishna is just working in our heart and he's, he sees that magic moment and he works within our heart and he inspires us further to uh, hear and want to be that devotee. So keeping, keeping that in our hearts, um, that how Krishna, so it's just not us and the person that we're glorifying, but Krishna is in the mix of this glorification. So he's sitting there and as we're glorifying, we're hearing uh, about Maharaj, then he is, um, he sees that and he um, gives us um, uh, more inspiration and more encouragement and uh, hopefully to advance and purify our hearts to be purified in a very sweet way. Um, anyway, so having said that, um, let us dive into this very sweet exchange of glorifying Maharaj. So as I mentioned earlier that I like to glorify him in three ways. And the first one I would like to start off with is um, Anuman, and that is inference. Basically not having a situation where I not necessarily had a personal association, but uh, through somebody else, uh, I infer that this is how Maharaj is. So before um, I start, I'll ask a question, and it's a rhetorical question, but um, something that you can think about. How many of you would um, be excited to hang around people that you work with after work? Um, maybe not that many, or maybe it's exceptional. So let me tell you um, about Maharaj. And this is, this is something about um, Seisha Prabhu, my husband, and uh, Bhakti Chur Maharaj. So in uh, 2016 uh, to 2018, uh, both of them were in the uh, GBC Executive Committee. And I would say that, you know, like, like Guru Bhakti Mataji said that I've been married for 38 years, yeah. And when I got married to Sisha Prabhu, he was the temple president. So I entered into a marriage where there was uh, heavy management going on. And so I've seen management throughout my married life. But the, the intensity that I experienced in 2016 to 2018 uh, was something that I've never experienced it. And I don't think so. He, had even experienced that kind of management uh, because at that time he was dealing with uh, uh, together with Maharaj and uh, the other those who were in the executive committee they were dealing with the uh, stopping the New York uh, Brooklyn Temple sale 
and it, it I can say it was very intense and all I found myself praying a lot and during that time as they both were Bhakti Maharaj and Seshapu were on that committee I would say Maharaj was calling here practically every day and not one time but two or three times a day the interesting part was that that I found and then I never said anything to Seshapurva about that, but what, what I noticed is that when Maharaj would call, Seshapurva wanted, like he was so excited to take that call. And I, I don't think so he was taking that call because he was excited to, you know, hear about the latest plan or, or maybe Maharaj had some solution to the problem. No, I, I could sense, I mean, I know him and I knew it wasn't that, but there was something else. It was something there that he was just very excited to go and pick up that phone when Marge was calling. And th there was a happiness in his, in his voice as he answered the phone. I, I, it was to me, I, what it seemed to me was like, um, if a little brother had a very, an older brother who was very affectionate and loving, and so he's getting a call from a very loving, affectionate older brother. And so there was, seemed like there was just so, so much excitement and happiness and, and solace and everything all together was there. And certainly what they were dealing with was that they were dealing with, if you can understand that they're dealing with a, a problem where they're protecting their father's property that uh, that could be taken away and and most important property and unfortunately it was a situation that was another son was taking it away I guess that's the simplest way I can say it uh, and so it's like so you can imagine the in intensity of that and here they are they're trying to do some they're trying to protect it and he would find solace in just hearing from Maharaj and that wasn't my own uh, perception it wasn't my own perception and why I say that uh, because it got confirmed um, and I'll tell you how it was confirmed uh, Seshapurva is the pujari in our house and he takes care of Giriraj. We have um, Sheila and, and we had Giriraj in our house for 30 years now. And during his uh, puja, he listens to a lecture every day. And he was hearing Prabhupada's lecture every day and then he would listen to a couple God Brothers lecture. But during this time, all of a sudden one day I started hearing for the first time, he was started hearing Bhakti Chumaraj's class and it went day after day after day and what I realized was that he is not he he's not having enough of Maharaj his association was as such that he was drinking it all and he wanted more and more and so it, it was to me it was confirmed that this is what's happening here. He, he's just loving. He just loves Maharaj. 
because Maharaj is just giving so much affection and so much love and because who Maharaj is. Um, another thing that was happening was that when he was going um, to, um, you know, there is a GBC meeting twice a year. So I'm talking about the same period, 2016 to 2018. And when I would call him, and again, these were intense times, so I was like concerned what was happening. So I would call him uh, in India and I would ask him, so Prabhu, how did the meetings go? And his response was, um, I, had, um, I, I had a pizza party with Maharaj. And so the next day I would call him, oh, so Prabhu, how did the meetings go? Oh, I'm going to go for pizza with Maharaj. And the next day, yeah, I just had pizza with Maharaj. I mean, so I stopped asking how did the meetings go? I would ask him, so how was the pizza party? <laughs> but so what, what is it? What is that Maharaj is having after a, a long day of having meetings in the GBC, meetings and then having pizza with his god brother? Is it because he loved pizza? I, I don't, I mean, yeah, he, of course he loved pizza and he loved Chinese food, we know that. But what, what was it? And for me, it is, it is that that was Maharaj, Bhakti Maharaj knew the essence. He knew the essence and that was loving relationship with the devotees. Keeping Shri Prabhupada in the center of his services, uh, and having exchanges, loving exchanges with the devotees. And that is, to me, it was, he knew what is the essence. What is the essence of Krishna consciousness? And Maharaj tasted that. He loved it. He, he gave himself to others. It, there was nothing about me or I or me or mine. It was all about others, his emotions, his emotions was for others, for the devotees and for, for, for people in general, those were, that's where his emotions were, that's where he gave himself, I mean, he had a golden heart, I mean, it was all about giving, I was thinking about um, uh, Vasudev uh, Dutt, I think, yeah, Vasudev Dutt, we, we read in the uh, CC, that how, when Vasudev Dutt heard uh, that Lord Chaitanya was in town and he was at Kurma Brahman's house, so Vasudev went to Kurma Brahman's house right away so that he could have darshan of Lord Chaitanya. But by the time he got there, Lord Chaitanya had left. And so Vasudev Dutt was totally morose. But Lord Chaitanya, had, who had already left, he knew he's, he's, the Lord knows everything. Everything is, he knows the devotee's heart and everything. So Lord Chaitanya actually comes back to Kumar Brahman's house so as to uh, give him that love that Vasudev that was looking for. And that's what it reminded me of, of, of uh, Bhakti Chur Maharaj, that he was both. He was compassionate like Vasudev Dutt, and he was compassionate like Lord Chaitanya, who is ready to do anything for his um, god brothers or other devotees. 
and and compassionate like Vasudev felt for everybody. That compassion was just not for affection was not just for uh, uh, devotees, but that was also manifested in in uh, non devotees, which we heard last week. I don't know if you remember that uh, that incident that uh, Sishapuru mentioned about the popcorn and how he talked to that little uh, boy, eleven year old boy outside the pharmacy. I mean, that was Maharaj. He was. It's not that he was trying to encourage um, the, the young boy by uh, talking to him and buying his popcorn, but it was it was about it. It's just that's who Maharaj is. He is. It's a very natural thing for him to give that uh, compassion or affection uh, to to others. So that is something um, that I say from inference that I. Um, about Bhakti Maharaj, a real gentleman, a, 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 a Vaishnava who had the 26 qualities of a devotee. So um, that's Bhakti Maharaj. Now I would like to say something about a retreat that I attended um, in uh, Mayapur 20 years ago. So at that time, both my daughters were little and uh, and uh, Maharaj was taking all the devotees out on Purikama. And the very first thing that he said to us, for a group of devotees were just standing there right outside the Kongshell building. There weren't that many devotees. Th those times the Purikamas were not so big. So it was, you, you kind of get um, an intimate uh, association. So we gathered there and then um, Bhakti Chirumad welcomed everybody. And then he said, he said, um, uh, appreciation is more important than austerity. And then he said that how he had arranged all kinds of vehicles for those who may not be able to go out uh, on, on foot to all the, all the places that we're going. So he had an arranged a bus, a rickshaw, uh, Whatever, whatever there was, he was he had arranged for everybody that whoever, whoever could not walk or or walk for some time and got tired, that they could um, uh, sit in the rickshaw. And you know, as a mother of of two young kids, to me that was the first, like such a refreshing and consoling thing that I heard because I'm thinking, how am I going to do with my little girls? And I want to go on Parikam. I really want to go. I want to get Marjan's association. I want to go and see all the places. And Maharaj just right away from the very start said, he, he made us all easy at ease that, okay, nothing to worry. Appreciation is more important than austerity. And again, the point that I was making earlier that for me, Maharaj knew the essence. It's not about performing austerity. It is about appreciating the holy dham. Uh, and not that we're performing austerity and by the time we get to one place, we're tired and then we can't really appreciate, we're not listening to uh, the uh, Krishna Katha that may be going on there, that Maharaj may say. So he, was, uh, he knew the essence. And yet at the same time, it's interesting that when we were at, uh, across Jalangi, we were at uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's um, uh, home there, and uh, we went up on the balcony, and we were standing there with Maharaj, watching uh, uh, 
watching the Jalangi and watching the devotees there. And so while, while Maharaj was standing there, he uh, saw one of his disciples right outside their house um, was buying um, dab, you know, uh, the coconut, green coconut and to drink juice. And Maharaj was so upset. He was so upset that why this is, in other words, this is not, um, the Holy Dham is not, uh, you're not going on Prekama for enjoyment. So he chastised him. And so I realized that, he, again, he knew the essence. He, he talked about appreciating the Dham and don't worry about performing too much austerity if you can't. But then also don't be just relaxed about it. Take the Parikama seriously. It's not some, you're not going out on a tourist, uh, a tour of the Holy Dham. No, be respectful. Be appreciative, be respectful, and don't perform unnecessary austerity if you're not able to appreciate it. So just, just his uh, whole mood was, was just set there when I went for that Parikama and I, I ne never forgot what he, Told. And again, it just shows his, um, his uh, understanding of, of the scriptures and the essence, the essence of Krishna consciousness, the essence of, of going on Parikama um, and like that. Also, then another time that we uh, attended a retreat here in Orlando, uh, that was, I think, in 2008. And Maharaj was doing um, a retreat there. So he has asked us to come. So we weren't really planning to spend the night there. And Maharaj, you know, encouraged us to come and spend the night there. And so the place where we were staying, he asked us, he says, so do your daughters want to have a separate room or they would be fine sleeping in the same room? And then just just the details of everything oh okay they need a bed so he actually got somebody to go and get these air beds and sheets and everything like he made sure that all the arrangement was nicely taken care of and that he was like that with everybody that's just his hospitality his Vaishnava. we all know that how he was such a um, uh, cultured gentleman and so I had ex first ex first hand experience of Maharaj's uh, uh, hospitality and his Vaishnava-like qualities. Uh, another thing I remember there was, there was a pool table where we were staying and uh, Maharaj was, we came down or something and then I saw Maharaj there was uh, playing pool. And that was so sweet. I mean, I really, really liked that. It's not that Maharaj likes to play pool table, you know, pool or something, but for me it was again, Maharaj was just so loving, down to earth. You know, here's a person, he's a sannyasi in his saffron robes. I wish I had taken a picture, but I have the picture in my mind. But he has the saffron robes, he has, you know, I don't know what they're called, a stick, you know, and he's doing it. And 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 I think he was good at it. But yeah, it was just uh is he just knew how to interact with each devotee and to win our hearts. And um, 
So that's something that I um, was remembering that about McLean Pool. Another time we attended a retreat uh, was um, a few years ago. Oh yeah, this was in Deland, just, just a couple years ago. And uh, no, actually it was in that other retreat that we had um, uh, in Orlando, the previous uh, retreat, that Maharaj had a Shila Prabhupada day. And it wasn't like Prabhupada's appearance or disappearance day, but he had a Shila Prabhupada day. And um, he asked each and every devotee to speak. It didn't make a difference whether they were big or small, kids, whoever. Everybody had to say something. You can imagine um, some of the kids probably didn't like, some of the adults probably didn't like, but, but it was so nice that we all felt comfortable because he asked everybody to do it. So he was so inclusive. And so everybody says something. And he said, you know, if you can't speak, then read something from um, Prabhupada that you like, you know. So another thing that he was very, very inclusive, but not inclusive, but I, not only inclusive, but he was, he always, I feel like felt, always put Shila Prabhupada uh, in the center uh, of his life and on the devotee's life. And for that, I wanted to read something by, uh, by Bhakti Vigyan Maharaj. He wrote something that I really liked um, that described Bhakti Chur Maharaj. Srila Bhakti Maharaj himself observed in one of his recent lectures that one of Srila Prabhupada's unique characteristic is that even in India, where everyone knows about ISKCON and Hare Krishnas, not so many people are aware about Srila Prabhupada's personality. Unlike many other charismatic Indian spiritual leaders, Srila Prabhupada did not want to promote himself. He was promoting the chanting of the holy name and the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was not promoting himself. I want to take a little diversion here by saying something was that when I was going to Santa Fe uh, uh, and I, was I took a world religion class and that's interesting um, that in the world religion class, they had so many religions that were listed on one page and such and such, and it, it was all about their founders when they uh, were born and when they died. So there was always a birth date and an expiry date because it was all about the founder who, who founded that religion. But for the Hare Krishna movement, it said the Hare Krishnas, and it said, uh, it said the birth date of 1966, and there was no expiry date. So good thing was that there was no expiry date. And the sad thing was that Srila Prabhupada's name was not there. But if Srila Prabhupada's name was there, then there would have been expiry date. And so in one sense, it, uh, but again, it tells about Srila Prabhupada uh, putting the holy name uh, in the, and not promoting himself. Anyway, continuing with Bhakti Vigyan Maharaj, he says, in the similar way, Srila Bhakti Maharaj, as an absolutely loyal disciple, was only promoting Srila Prabhupada and ISKCON. There is not the slightest trace of self-promotion in his presentation of Krishna consciousness. And that is one of the reasons why he was able to touch so many hearts. 
And that is one of the reasons why he was able to touch so many hearts. And even now, by his sudden departure, he continues to unify ISKCON. Now everyone from the beginners to the greatest leaders feel united in glorification of Bhakti Chiru Maharaj. And I was thinking that is such, such a nice, appropriate glorification. And, and it's such a fact that now everyone from the beginners to the greatest leaders feel united in glorification of Bhakti Chiru Maharaj. I mean, just amazing. I, I mean, it's just amazing that how much glorification there is going, it's going on and continues to go on uh, about Bhakti Chiru Maharaj. And, and everybody is feeling so enlightened, feeling enlightened and feeling the loss. Devotees are feeling such a loss uh, with Maharaj leaving. It's, it's a big loss. Even just a couple of days ago, Seshapuru was saying while he was dealing with something, and he said to me, he said, you know, this is, this is, I'm, this is what it is. I have this question, and this is the question that Maharaj would help me to, uh, how to deal with this situation. This is, this is where it is. I, 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 I need his help. And then I think the next day he said to me, he said, yes, um, I figured out the answer. I know how Maharaj would deal with it. I thought about him and how he would deal with it, how the kind of person he is and how he would have. He said, so I'm going to deal how he would do it. So yes, we have, it's such a loss, but it doesn't have to be a loss because we can remember Maharaj, we can think about him, we can hear him, we can meditate on him and he will help us uh, in in uh, in, uh, in dealing with things or or, or having um, improving ourselves or what, whatever uh, in whatever way we can think about him and he'll be there for us. So yes, we have lost him, and no, we have not lost him, and and that is so important to know. And that was kind of confirmed a couple of days ago when that happened when Seshapuru said that. Um, uh, I want to do one last thing, but before I, it's, it's a little meditation that I want to do um, in, in the end, but I thought that maybe if anybody has some questions or, or reflections that they would like to um, uh, express or questions they have to ask, uh, they may do now, and then I will need maybe five, six minutes in the end to do my last uh, meditation. I'd like to say that what what they miss about Maharaj or what was their interaction with Maharaj or, or what they have heard recently that really um, stuck in their mind, in their heart. Yeah. Yeah. Just one comment. Uh, I didn't know Maharaj so well, but when he came to Houston last, um, 
I've had Parkinson's for some years and he's so busy, he's such a big devotee, but he said, can you put T-Lock on? He was just concerned. And then I said something that I got some advice from Hari Shoripabu, who has Parkinson's outgrowth. And he said, oh, it's so unfortunate. He had so much compassion, just in a few words. He cared about me and he cared about his other devotee in my book. And it just, I was amazed that so many people never asked me a question like that, but he has very rarely comes to Houston and he is so concerned. There's totally genuine. So I just wanted to mention that. Anybody else would like to say something? Hare Krishna, Madhavati. <laughs> this is Bhakti and Hannah. <laughs> oh, hi Krishna, Bhakti and Hannah. Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, it was, it was nice to hear your class. Um, I really thought it was so nectarian, the point that you made that if we see some good quality in some devotee, that that is actually a monumental moment. It's, it's not something small. I was telling uh, Nitya and Winston the other day, we don't have spiritual vision, so we can't see the effect that something seemingly small actually has. And so hearing that, it made me appreciative of the devotees that I've heard appreciating uh, Maharaj's great qualities um, and how, how that also is um, another good quality of Maharaj's because, uh, like you said, his emphasis was on loving relationships. And that's, that's a type of also loving relationship to to uh to yeah to want to be like someone and appreciate their good qualities so i was just thinking wow that was such a beautiful point and it makes me want to be more conscious of, of that within myself next time i you know i'm seeing someone and i might find fault try to find something good about them and 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 aspire to have that particular quality um so yeah, i really like that point Thank you. That's, that's the um, um, magic moment that Devamitamas says that it's the magic moment that Krishna is looking for so um, to do his thing. So yeah, that's very nice. I really like that too. Anybody else would like to share anything? Otherwise we will do our last uh, uh, bit here. Now this last portion that I uh, want to share is um, Maharaj's quality that there's so many qualities of Maharaj Bhakti Chomar that I like and I, I really like that he was very poetic. Um, he was a lover of arts, literature and and all kinds of art and I kind of include being poetic with all the different arts and um, and we know that he made the film and um, um, such a nice meditation on Srila Prabhupada. Um, and then he wrote uh, the book Ocean of Mercy and uh, such, such a well-written book. 
um, Maharaj shares his uh, time with Srila Prabhupada. And um, so he, um, the, the picture that he had, he has on there, Ocean of Mercy, um, one devotee, uh, Bhujan Prabhu, who is another great Vaishnava, another great poet, um, scholarly, both Bhakti Chumar, such a scholarly person and, and so poetic, and uh, Bhujan Prabhu, so scholarly and so poetic. And the, the last part that I want to do is, is uh, that I want to read is Bhujan Prabhu's Expression, expressing his heart in response to seeing Maharaj's heart. So it's one devotee expressing his heart when he sees another devotee's heart. And it's just so beautiful. It's a very, um, and these people who are expressing each other's heart is not something, um, some sentimental. It's important to understand that. Because sometimes, you know, the boy is expressing something to the girl, is sentimental. No, we're not talking about, we're talking about the word that comes to my mind is bhavuka. That comes in the third uh, verse of the Bhagavatam is bhavuka. And he, that means expert and thoughtful. And so um, this is Bhujan Prabhu uh, is expressing that to uh, about Bhakti Churu Maharaj's heart. And he does so by uh, looking at the painting. So um, Winston Prabhu, do you mind putting the, the cover of the book, Ocean of Mercy? The first few lines um, of this poem is um, Burjan Prabhu is just talking to Maharaj. Those first few lines, and that's also in poetic form. And then, then the real poem starts. So as I read this poem, um, I just would like all of you to just meditate and look uh, at this beautiful painting. Thank you, Winston. In Ujjain, you choose to paint as the cover of the book, a picture of your heart. I almost asked him to confess. No words replied. He only sighed a soft and thoughtful yes. A little boy in short pants is walked home by his father. Side by side, closely they walk. His father, a golden glowing saint, hold, holds tight his son's hand. The boy glances up and fears nothing. He is not alone on the path home. Yet the sun is setting as it must. 
the boy will cry as he must, but he will walk on and will grow into his father's grown-up son. But never alone, holding tight that ever outstretched hand. And he did grow, and like his father also glowed, and loved his father's family, as did his father. And like his father, taught and shared and preached, showing culture and gentility, and caring for, and serving all others with grace. Time passed. His body slowly aged as it must, but inside he grew neither weary nor old, nor stuffy, nor grumpy, nor angry, nor cynical. His eyes never narrowed, his eyelids never drooped, but rather his dream, dreams and heart expanded to the stars above. He remained always alive with a simple, warm innocence and childish glee. Always his father's son, always holding tight his father's hand, never alone. And now, and now the sun has set again as it must at its ordained time. And although the world cries, dulls, dims yet a great son of a great father inside always small but never alone hand in hand with Prabhupada has journeyed home Thank you very much, um, devotees, for um, being here and uh, giving me the opportunity to um, share um, some thoughts. And um, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna to everybody. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for sharing and for such an organized and beautiful talk and the beautiful uh, readings that you did and the poem, finally, that you read. Um, so if there are no, does anyone have any other questions or shares? I wanted to share that for us, we lost Samakrishna Maharaj, our spiritual master. And losing Bhaktisharva Maharaj was like we, we lost twice. That's how it felt like. I have never experienced that kind of feeling for anyone before. So it was very, it was uh, quite an amazing thing to, to experience. Yes, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, uh... Yeah, it's, it's been a pretty amazing journey up, um, with Maharaj and, and seeing, um, yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know what it is, I don't know what it is about Maharaj that it has been a very, um, very emotional and very difficult thing about Maharaj leaving, yes. I, I, uh, I wasn't planning to share that, but um, the Saturday when um, I was at the temple Saturday morning at, at that time I was at the temple 
So I came home. And um, so when I came home, I didn't know. And I saw um, Shamadarshini, my younger one, um, reading something. And she was standing near our temple room, reading something to her dad, who was doing Giraja's puja. And so I came and I saw him. He had Giraj in his hand, but his body was shaking. And, and I realized he, he was just crying, weeping. And, and I realized what happened. And I, and I had never seen Seisha Prabhu like that. I've never seen him ever in my life like that. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's just a love uh, that everybody has for Marge. And, and because Marge gave his heart to everybody and um, yeah, it's just a very difficult thing, but, but Marge is here and we can hear from Marge and um, from everybody else. Thank you again. Nobody has any questions, so we can say thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to say that our speaker next week is going to be His Holiness Vitalika Swami. I couldn't hear that. Go back to Mataji. Uh, His Holiness Vitalika Swami will be our speaker next week. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you for letting us know that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'll hand it over to Winston now. Listen, do you have a kirtan you're going to play or? Yes. Thank you so much, Maramati Mataji, for uh, sharing your wonderful realizations and reflections on the uh, Pakistan. Mm -hmm.